This is potentially catastrophic. I have a whole stack of books to read. Joy Harjo's Conflict Resolution for Holy Beings. Venice by Jan Morris. Eloquent Rage by Brittany Cooper. Romeo and Juliet. And there's a whole bunch of books I read before. It's from the 1st of March, 2016. From the 27th of April, 27th of July. So I guess the only thing to do is see how the books speak to each other. <laughs> okay. Oh, brilliant. This is probably going to get weird. Well, hello and welcome to episode 14. Um, today I finished reading a book called This Too Shall Pass by Milena Bushkit. Um, I did look up the pronunciation because her name presents as French, but she was born in Spain, so one does not know, so one looked it up. Um, it's a novel that came out in May of 2016, and it presents itself as sort of as a beach read, um, and it was not what I had bargained for. I was, I was sort of expecting, um, not lighthearted necessarily, but nothing quite as pure and moving in a, a very specific way as I had thought, uh, as I found this book to be. Um, I'm, I'm gonna read from page nine. This is the first part of the book and I think it gives you a pretty good idea of what the book is about and, and then I can go from there. For some strange reason, I never considered what it would be like to be 40. When I was 20, I could imagine myself at 30 living with the love of my life and a bunch of kids, or at 60, baking apple pies with my grandchildren, me who can't boil an egg to save my soul. But I would learn. Even at 80, as an old bag of drinking whiskey with my girlfriends. But I never imagined myself at 40. Not at 50, either. And yet, here I am. It's my mother's funeral, and if that's not bad enough, I'm 40. I have no idea how I got here, how I got to this town that suddenly makes me want to puke. I swear I've never dressed so badly in my entire life. When I get home, I'm going to burn every last stitch of clothing I have on today. They're all drenched in exhaustion and sadness. There's nothing worth saving. All my friends are here today, and a few of hers, and some others who don't seem to be friends of anybody. So that's the first half page of the book. Um, Blanca is the main character. She has just, she obviously she's at her mother's funeral when the book begins. And the, the book is essentially about the first six weeks of her grieving. Um, one of the things that ends up happening is that she and her two sons, one who I think is five and one who I think is 12, um, both of her ex-husbands, both of her best friends, the boyfriend of one of her best friends, uh, there is another child in there somewhere, and somebody who's supposedly help, but brilliantly, she has this wonderful line about Ursula is great for someone who doesn't want to have help because basically having Ursula, Ursula around is like having no help at all. Um, and there are sort of other people that come in and out 
they all end up going to this house where, as a child, um, Blanca's family would go uh, to this small town that was mostly populated in the summer. Um, and, and it's this really improbable group of people um, who end up, you know, it, it sounds sort of like, oh, they're going to go to a beach house. Uh, but all of this is seen, oh, and also her married lover and his wife are in that town as well. So this setup is for something a little bit more spectacle-filled and drama-filled than what the book actually is. I finished the book a few, well, maybe 40 minutes ago, and happily I own this copy so I can read it again at some point. It's not very long. It's in translation. The translator's name is Valerie Miles. Um, I think the original text was written in Catalonia. Uh, she doesn't say. So probably Spanish. Um, I mean, it was published in Spanish. I just don't know if it was in Catalan or in Spanish. Um, but it's, it's sort of, there are books like an, an Unnecessary Woman and Elegance of the Hedgehog that follow the internal life of a woman who is dealing with things, right? And when you get to the end of the book, something happens that becomes this life-affirming moment. And this is one of those books wherein nothing happens, really. She is not an unlikable character, but she's also not a particularly likable character. She's a very identifiable character in a very identifiable moment, even though there's all these details of exes and of best friends and of children and of lovers that I think present as distractions from what is actually going on, which is something very rich and extraordinary and, and very, very human. Um, I highly recommend it, but I'm, I'm definitely, definitely feeling a bit shaken is the easiest way to put that. Okay. So last year's book, I finished on the 26th of July, 2016. Okay. So... This is The Kingdom of Gods by N.K. Jemisin. It's book three in the Inheritance Trilogy Compendium. It was published by, the compendium was published by Orbit Books in 2014, but The Kingdom of Gods was originally published in 2011. So, from page 905, <laughs> it was quickly becoming obvious that I would not be able to endure Sky for much longer which was fine. I needed to be out in the world anyhow, searching for the means to cure myself if such a thing existed in the mortal realm. But Sky was a necessary staging ground for my efforts at life, allowing me relative safety and comfort in which to consider important logistical questions. Where would I live when I left? How would I live if my magic would soon desert me? I had no resources, no particular skills, no connections in mortal society. The mortal realm could be dangerous, especially given my new vulnerability, 
I needed a plan to face it. And the parenthetical aside, the irony of my situation did not escape me. It was the nature of all mortal adolescents to experience such anxiety of the prospect of leaving their childhood home for the harsh adult world. Knowing this didn't make me feel better. Holy God, you guys. Well, this is a hell of a connection. Uh, okay. I'm going to read this and, and, okay. So these are my notes. And then there is Sia, and the story gets even less predictable. 100 years we've skipped, long enough to have something new, but not without the presence of the old, and this time the mysteries are again doubled. Again, the stakes are the world and one being, and again, the one is almost wholly unexpected. Or the arc, I'm sorry. Again, the arc is almost wholly unexpected. None of it feels contrived, even when there is past that needs to be settled in an event that is only referenced because it could not have been told before. An advantage of characters whose existences span un-something time. Uncharted time? Is that my cursive? Whose existences span un charted time is the overabundance of room for past actions to make a mess in the present, and they do, but there is so much more in the refrain of identity and nature, or rather, nature with a capital N. The characters of Sia, Nemer, and Ahad are strictly defined, strengthened, and weakened by their adherence to their natures, and yet these are not minimal or one-dimensional, no matter how strictly defined they are. One's nature of hunger, as Lil, does not absolutely have to meet with food or be met with food it can be met by a hunger for almost anything and can be tempered with wisdom and the occasional exertion of self-control so much of the natures of itempas and ahadoth are made manifest in sia that to watch him struggle with his implacable mortality and the knowledge that someone is hunting him and the armary makes it impossible and undesirable to look away i plan to reread this one more slowly a uh, thing which i did by the way um, okay, so the reason I got really excited about it is that Sia is this god, and his god power is to be childlike always. And Blanca, in this Two Shall Pass, is consistently referring to herself as somebody who does not know how to be an adult. She says in the introduction she doesn't know how to boil an egg. She feeds her kids the weirdest food because she refuses to learn how to cook. It's a thing that comes up again and again. Um, and Sia, in the Kingdom of Gods, his struggle is very much like he's he's beginning to age. Like he's he's physically aging, a thing which he had not done for five thousand years, if not longer. So, what a fascinating connection! Because you're looking at an immortal, incredibly powerful being whose power was to be a child, dealing with growing and dealing with paradoxes. I mean, every time that he does something adult-like, he ages, which is just incredibly fascinating. And, and it's something that as humans who, whose maturity isn't static, right? Like it's such a fluid experience. Whenever we grow, we also ungrow and that is such a specific human thing that is, or it's a specific part of, of aging that I think doesn't always get communicated to the people who are maturing and aging. 
that that you don't have to stay. In fact, you probably won't stay this adult that you believe yourself to be or this child that you believe yourself to be. You will not be stagnant in this place forever. Something will happen and you will change, right? It's what we do. We, our DNA changes, for heaven's sake. Our, our brain cells change. Our bodies change. They respond. They adapt. Sometimes they stop. But it is that still change. And, and yet, right? And yet, there is something that seems to be fundamental about each human person. Something that is unchanging. I, philosophers have done this way before me. Poets have taken it up way before me as well. It's not something I choose to spend a lot of time thinking about because that's not where my energies are best put. But I will acknowledge that this is, this is a real observation. It's something that I have seen in myself and in other people. And it's something that is really, it's a struggle for many who are growing up or who are resisting growing up, no matter what age they're at. I think it's something that we see now in people who are older who are not interested in learning people's pronouns or learning new vocabulary. It is more difficult to learn new words when you are older because there's so much other stuff you have to move out of the way to make space for the new words, but it is possible. We can change. So make space. And I think there's no excuse not to. It's part of living. We adapt. We change. I, I'm really struck by the connection between these two people. Um, these two characters. Sia is not exactly the main character of Kingdom of God, but it's he's definitely a huge part of, I mean, his story is a massive part of that novel and what happens in it. Um, and it's, it's such a good book. Oh my god. I know every time I pull out a card that's an N.K. Jemison book, I, I enter into ode mode. Uh, and I, I am not ashamed of it. I, her writing is so fantastic, and I, I love the Inheritance trilogy. I think that she plays so much with existing tropes and makes them so much more fun than they are when they are overused. I mean, she, she, I, uh, I can't actually make a sentence that's, um, and the way that she writes characters, like the, the, the style of her, of the narration, when there are different speakers is such a specific thing that you almost don't need the character to identify him or her or themselves. And, and I love that. I, I mean, I'm a sucker for a shifting perspective anyway, but this is just, it, I really, really, really enjoyed Kingdom of Gods. The Inheritance Trilogy is well worth checking out. And I love the connection between Sia attempting to grow and Blanca attempting to mourn and being present for her mourning. I think I think that's actually a really brave thing to do because mourning is hard. It's very hard and mourning a parent is something I have not yet had to do. Um, but the people that I have watched do it, it it doesn't it doesn't lend well to blithe narratives. 
and I think that it was well treated in this. Wow. Well, now I'm crying. So that was fantastic. So today's books are This Too Shall Pass by Milena Bushke and The Kingdom of Gods by M.K. Jemison. All right, y'all. Have a good one, and I'll see you tomorrow. That's all for today. Be sure to tune in tomorrow to see what kinds of nonsense I get up to then. Shop local, support your local library, and keep your bookshelves brave. Thank you so much for listening. Bye now.